I mean, best lyrics in the modern era. My life is a movie. Bull riding boobies. <laughs> uh, Old Town Road, everybody. That's what we call art. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> we're recording. Again, and we're back. And this is, well, this is the NWA. A podcast celebrating the legacy, history, tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. I like how serious you're looking at me right now. I'm just looking at you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I am Gary Horn, and that voice you're hearing is Miles Griffin. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back, Miles. Thank Uh, you for having me. Yeah, this is part two of the playlist number four on the YouTube Rewatch series. If uh, you're following along, and I hope you are, we talk too much, as always, so we We decided to split this up into a two-parter. Try to rein it in this time. (laughs) So, when last we left the National Wrestling Alliance, they were launching their podcast network, which I have already established... Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. So what happened? Do, do, I mean, do you know what happened with that? Why it didn't take off? Or No. You know, if I'd have thought about it, I'd have asked uh, David Lagana when I was there on the VIP weekend. I would have uh, directly confronted him about it. Like, hey, what happened to your podcast network? This lady just, They just gave it up. It's too bad because they do have the YouTube channel, and I know that they're very focused on video and that sort of thing. But I, I think part of it was it might have been that boom where you know podcasts were really kind of exploding, and they thought there's possibly some some marketing and some money to possibly made here, and that's not really the case. Making money in podcasts it it happens, but it is it's so rare. Believe me, I <laughs> yeah, know. we we both know. <laughs> I've done 300 episodes of a podcast. I, I, yeah, but you know there there are people that do it, so I, I get why they would want to do it as a marketing tool, but they probably felt that their their resources could be better used elsewhere. Yeah, there are pro wrestling podcasts that make it, but um, maybe they just didn't feel like they had an avenue for it. Uh, but hey, I'm out here in WA, so if uh, you want to take another shot at it, hit up your boy. All right, so we're jumping back into this NWA train, and we are starting off with, it would be like the 57th video, I think, in our series, but I told you I'm going to stop keeping count. This is James Ellsworth challenges NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis. Nobody thought I had a chance to beat AJ Styles, and I beat AJ Styles. And I came, at one time, I came a half a second away from becoming World Heavyweight Champion. Now, Nick, there might be a chance that that half a second I didn't get that one time I get here today at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. (laughs) And you're still smiling and you're smirking and... Austin Idol, he set this up to be just an easy night for you. I understand all that. Austin Idol doesn't think you ha- I have a chance. You don't think I have a chance. These people, I know they think I have a chance. But I'm going to show you tonight that beyond all your doubt that you're looking at me with right now, that any man with two hands has a fighting chance. Oh, what? He just got a right shot in on Nick Aldis. I was pretty surprised to see him. because yeah, I could see that. He, I mean, he had that whole thing with, uh, was it Carmella back in the WWE? Like Because he, he keeps popping up and being like, I was five seconds away from the WWE championship. And I was like, well, I mean, you and like a thousand other people who've always been five seconds away from WWE championship. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, he's always kind of come off weaselly. Five seconds away is a weird number. So yeah. I think he's saying like a half a second. Maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> well, you only do a three count. So I'm thinking three seconds there. But like five seconds. I don't know. I was I, one I, move. I don't and remember. A three I don't count. remember. I actually don't remember his tenure at the WWE that well. I, rem- I remember him having this thing with Carmella or or someone. I think it was Carmella. Well, you're you've been more of a casual fan of the WWE, right? So, yeah. Um, I mean, 
when I get into it, I get into it. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've been popping in and out. I, I'm the same way, though, so don't get me wrong. J- uh, James Ellsworth, he, he did run with Carmella for a while. Okay. There, and uh, he helped her win the women's championship at one point, or at least the money in the bank, I think. And uh, she won the women's championship. She promptly fired him, and he disappeared. This happens right after that time period, so he's still probably fresh on people's minds. Now, he does, after this, end up coming back to the WWE for a short run, too. He's he's a he's a weird dude. Like, yeah, he, I mean, a, it's, it's it's nothing against him. It's just an odd character. He doesn't appear physically intimidating. And but to his credit, and the writers they use that like they he's, do. He, he he's like I'm this this the kind of the the scrappy upstart, the guy you don't expect. I'm the everyman, like trying to appeal to like the the average Joe, which I think is a smart move. Yeah, he comes across as a man of the people. I mean, he he try he tries to establish that up front so you have a little teaser video that he's coming and then you get the actual longer format video and um it's that nick aldis is basically returning in his aldis crusade uh back to the championship wrestling from hollywood and he is putting forth an open challenge essentially he says and he says it has to be someone who is a former world champion or, or has beaten a world champion right and uh, so James Ellsworth technically qualifies. Call. Yeah, because yeah, he did in the WWE in a match, squeeze one out against AJ Styles, I think. Actually, I think right. yeah. He actually had pinned AJ Styles while AJ Styles was the world champion. It was a non-title match. And uh, so anyway, they had like a little feud. James Ellsworth shows up and he kind of, to what you were saying, he states that like he thinks that Austin Idol made this match happen, and it's supposed to be a night off for Nick Aldis, but he wants to prove that any man with two hands has uh, a fighting chance. Right. And so he like punches Nick Aldis in the face, and you know it sets up. And runs away. Yeah. Sorry, all you one-armed men, you don't have a chance. It was only men with two hands, according to James Ellsworth. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that, that joke landed. Sure uh, did, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a pretty good match. I mean, you know, basically Aldis grabs the win. He uh, switches the no chin music, which was James yeah. Ellsworth's finisher, into the Kingsland Cloverleaf. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was for what the match is and and was kind of going to be. It, it's a fun enough match. It's not a, like the best match that I've seen in the NWA, but it was it was fun. It's entertaining, and that's. At the end of the day, all it needs to be. Like, it doesn't have to be the most athletic thing you've ever seen as long as it's entertaining. And they, they did a good job making it entertaining because, and this is not a slight to Ellsworth, he's not the most athletic wrestler. You know, and with someone who's as large and intimidating as um, Nick Aldis is, you have to to kind of side on the entertaining side. And I feel like they did, they did that pretty well for the match. I agree. Uh, so... The weird part about this one is, is that this one has over a million views, this video. Like, this is at the time, that, or up until this point in the NWA, this one has the most views of any video. So, Is it just because he's a WWE I think so. person? I that's, think that's so weird. It is so and weird. That's a, but again, that's, that's the marketing conversation that we've been talking about, is that, like, there needs to be a way for the NWA to not only capitalize on the the popularity of its owner but also kind of get its name in into things and it's not that they're making the wrong moves but they need to get the right thing that people will watch it because that should not be the most popular video they have it's super weird i mean i don't even think they were that concerned with it i think that they're like trying to slowly you know build from the ground up right and i don't think the end of gives a shit because i mean hey that's hits it's just it's it is weird like I think, if anything, it's a testament to, like, the power that the WWE already has or the reach that they have. Right. That no matter what, like, how hard, even like, if you hate everything that they're doing right now, they've just already established, like, this such a reach that, right. like, a guy and like James Ellsworth... Still is going to get a million views. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane to think about. Well, hopefully they'll figure out, hey, we're using Shinsuke Nakamura really poorly, and... Uh, the NWA or the AEW will pick him up because 
He's one of my favorite wrestlers. I know he is. I, I feel like you're trying to get us on another tangent, but I know, I, but I think Shinsuke's not trying that hard, personally. Like I mean, that, if I were him, I wouldn't be either. Yeah, you may be right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seeing how they treated him after giving him such a buildup yeah. and a WrestleMania spot, and then did nothing with him. Absolutely True. nothing. Yeah, maybe he just uh, sees the WWE as some recoup time, like just trying to... Yeah, because he came up in the uh, independent Japanese circuit, and that's where I think he uh, and AJ first connected. Yeah, he was in like New Japan, which uh, Ring of Honor has a partnership with, who also has a partnership with the NWA. So I'm just so, saying, get yeah, Shinsuke in there. Could happen. Anyway, at the end of this match, uh, David Marquez from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood comes out and says, uh, Nick Aldis, you're going to China? You're going to defend the NWA World title for the first time in China? This is the first time that title's ever even been there. Do you want to know who your opponent is? And promptly plays the music, Colt Cabana's theme music. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. It's Colt Cabana. What a great theme song. I know. I will <laughs> never not play that theme song. I just think it's just the happiest. Like It's just, super fun. Yeah. Which kind of describes Colt. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he just is like a a chill, like laid back guy, which has also been to his detriment, I think, uh, that he just likes wrestling. He's just yeah, fun, loving guy who likes to wrestle. Anyway, so Nick Aldis is going to be going on to China to face Colt Cabana for the NWA Championship. The crusade rolls on. The next video is Colt Cabana's reaction on facing the NWA World's Champion after James Ellsworth versus Nick Aldis. So this video is just mostly learning a lot about Colt Cabana. He's talking about he was a former two-time NWA champion, actually. He was during a period of time where the NWA World's Champion was not anything. A time period where a lot of people just thought it was dead or wished it was dead. It's going to suck because, I mean, as someone who was a, a great wrestler and that came up and you know, became a champion and have that championship technically mean not much to the mainstream. It's got to hurt, you know? Yeah. And so I can see like, you know, with Corgan bringing NWA back and having this chance to take the 10 pounds of gold, like that's, that's a huge opportunity because when he had it and I hate to say it, but when he had it, it didn't mean as much, No, you it's- know, it meant much for uh, more for wrestling historians, but it didn't mean much to the public at large. Yeah, exactly. And I think, he seems to realize that too. Uh, that's part of the thing. There was just that period of time where the NWA had kind of died off and everybody was just buying the rights to use the name. And they're just like, Oh, well, I'll be world champion. Oh, oh, this guy will be a world champion. It just didn't have the same feel to it. Right. Until, you know, now this recent buildup, but I mean, he kind of admits that in the video and he says that normally, like if somebody now had offered him an NWA title shot, like he might not have cared that much, but because of what's been happening, it's starting to mean something again. Which is a testament to what Corgan has done with the NWA. Right. Like, I, I have to give him credit for that because, and again, this this goes back to what I said in the last episode about how it's clear how much he loves the history, he loves wrestling, he loves the brand, and he has brought meaning back to the NWA. And I think that's really cool. And and to see even some of these these great wrestlers come back and, and talk about that, even for someone new like me, that brings the gravitas to the NWA. Yeah, I agree. And uh and Cole Cabana's a, a good name to have because he's he's a guy who actually kind of fits the mold of what this brand has been. He's an independent wrestler and like known as an independent wrestler, but arguably like the most popular independent wrestler or one of the yeah. most popular independent wrestlers. He's one of those guys that just never caught on in WWE or wasn't in WCW or ECW or anything, or or maybe has appeared in those places, but just never as what a about name. backyard wrestling. Yeah. But he's he's a name that like on the independent circuit, like people know who he is. Yeah. And it comes from a lot of places. Like he had a well known friendship with CM Punk and CM Punk would like wear his shirts on WWE television and stuff like that. And that was kind of cool. But that, like, that, yeah, that, that was cool. And I I mean, I hate what happened with, with Punk. But Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Cole Cabana is like a, a decent name for them to have Absolutely. around and, and to come in and, and challenge for the title. 
All right. So the next video, Miles, we kind of talked about this a little bit before recording, but this was the Austin Idol 1975 plane crash. And okay. How he survived. So this is what you were what, what you were saying last episode about how there it, um, a lot of wrestling became more reality based. And when this video came out, or when I watched this video, you know, I'm I'm watching him tell this story, and 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 it's a fantastic video. If you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to to watch it. It's it's very good. It's very moving. But because of that kind of mostly reality aspect they've been taking, I started questioning, well, how much of this is real? My wrestling history kind of ends at a certain point, and I don't know as much. And as a newcomer to the NWA, and even to Austin Idol, and I know some people are like, who the fuck is this guy? You don't know Austin Idol. I didn't growing up. Right. And so I didn't know if that story was real or not. And I, I mean, I looked it up. It was. And... That, that, that is a problem when you try to mix the reality and you don't make it implicit that this is, we have a legacy on here and this is a true story that's being told. I didn't really get that across. And so it felt like another, another video. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And it's, it's tough because there, there might be people who think you should obviously know who Austin Idol is, but I've talked about in the past on this show that, that I, you know, I never saw Austin Idol wrestle before. The, the NWA resurgence. I've seen YouTube video of it now, but yeah. like I, I did not know him. And as, and a- as someone who gets into stuff and would like to go back, I, I have, but at the time I didn't. I mean, I grew up at a time where WWF was still kind of, it had just become the king. Right. Like right. I had the WWF WrestleMania, you know, Nintendo game and then WWF and WCW kind of took over. Austin Idol wasn't a blip on my radar because I was I was 10 and 94, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're not going to spend too much time on this video except to say that it's it's kind of a cool story. And it's a great story. Yeah, what's what's really funky about it and that there may be like a whole other episode we, we could do on it because uh, this plane crash was one of two that year, like within an eight-month period that involved wrestlers. Like yeah. private plane like this one, uh, his was with Bobby Shane, Buddy Colt, and Playboy Gary Hart on February 19th, 1975. There was another one later with John Valentine, Bob Bruggers, Tim Woods, David Crockett, and Ric Flair. And uh, that was on October 4th, 1975. So it's just kind of crazy. It was like two plane yeah, crashes. That's cra- within, that is crazy. Within several months of each other. All right. So moving on, it's uh, the next video is the 10 Pounds of Gold, number 13. Two Steps is what it's called. Uh, this is uh, Billy. You mentioned this a little in the last episode. This is Billy talking about how he thinks that the future, there's a golden age of wrestling coming up. Right. And he kind of uh, envisions that like with them coming up and the other things that are out there, wrestling getting taken back into the Old West style which he thinks is actually best for the fans because it's just I, a I, bunch of I, companies competing and trying to put forth I, the best I agree. I, and it's weird because growing up in a period where what I really knew was WWF and WCW, that was really cool. Yeah. It was cool to have competing companies. I didn't, I wasn't cognizant enough to know about all the independent companies that the WWF had swallowed up before it became the WWE. I think that one thing that wrestling has missed is without that competition, a lot of stagnation happens. And and we we have both have followed the WWE for, for numerous years, off and on. But having seen what's happened, I mean, it's hard to argue that that the stagnation isn't super apparent. Right. You know, we, we both had problems with the, the, the writing specifically in the WWE. And so having companies like the WW, I'm sorry, the AEW and NWA pop up and bring actual competition out is really encouraging as a fan because it makes everyone bring their a game yeah i mean i think you could be watching wwe right now and if, if you're not thinking of it on the level that we're talking about it right now or the people listening to this probably think of wrestling on it could be hard to understand even what's going on like to pinpoint that Anything has changed with the product to see the stagnation mm-hmm. in what's happening. Well, and to put it in another another way is, I mean, there are people who were genuinely excited week to week what was going to happen next. What crazy thing were we going to see next week? And now it's we might watch a pay-per-view once a quarter. 
Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't even take as deep as something like a Game of Thrones with like so many storylines and that sort of thing, although that's very cool. There was just something about this appointment television that wrestling had back at the yeah, day. Yeah, and, like and he, they they had some of the same things. They were guilty of the same things that I, I was even accusing and the NWA of last week or last episode about, you know, going in on the Aldous Crusade. I remember the uh the introduction of Kane and how Paul Bearer would basically have the same speech over and over again. I actually watched like the like a retrospective of a, of, a whole, of that whole year and because they were they, they were starting to do that whole we're traveling the city city, we're giving a very similar performance and Paul Bearer would give almost the same speech every week. Undertaker Kane's here and he's looking for you. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and like watching it all on one on one go was tiring but back then because of the drama and the crazy characters because that was at a point where undertaker summoned lightning and random shit and brought characters back from the dead it was exciting right you know i was excited to see what was going to happen next week and with the wwe right now that is not it's not there for me yeah no it's it's not for a lot of people and the cool thing about what the nwa has done is they have funneled their their matches and their characters in such a way that you get specifically excited for those matches. Like they get you hyped for this is what's going to happen here. Like what they did with Josephus versus Tim Storm. And they did for, well, what we'll talk about later, you know, the uh, uh, Nick Aldis versus Crimson match. Right. Like they do a really good job of, all right, let's not over, let's not overshoot anything. Let's focus on what we know how to do. And I really appreciate that about what they've done so far. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so what this video does, I mean, what the 10 Pounds of Gold series seems to do is like some of this is stuff we've already seen before because it it is hard to look back on it and remember that this is like sometimes weeks apart. The 10 Pounds of Gold series seems to try to take some of these things that have happened and put them in context with other things that are going on. So like in this case, it's talking a lot about Billy Corgan because he's just announced the Smashing Pumpkins like resurgence with... All of their old members, except for Darcy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're going on a tour in 2018, releasing some new music. So they're touring, or they've got the Smashing Pumpkins ice cream truck is is rolling around, like from the Today video. So you get a little bit of, like, Nick Aldis is uh, putting his hashtag, the Aldis Crusade, on the side of the ice cream truck. That was fun. That was really fun, because I was like, all right, this adds a little more character to Nick Aldis. He's like, all right, I'm going to walk up the Smashing Pumpkins thing. You know what really added character to it was that freaking pineapple shirt he's wearing in there did you yeah he had like a hawaiian shirt that was like all pineapples on it it was real weird for him considering you're used to seeing him in suits in suits but like i know i dug it though it was it was fun and like uh, he's like oh yeah this is nice and then puts hashtag aldous crusade on there and i was like all right this is what i want to see and again this brings back to what i said the last episode where i want to see corin come out and be a little more confrontational as a manager because this sowed the seeds of some friction between Nick Aldis and Billy Corgan. This is a good point because uh, one of the last things I noticed from this episode or noted from this episode is that it does give you a little bit more feedback to maybe at the time they were trying to build something between this like Corgan and Aldis. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't feel like they ever like their dichotomy is a little weird. Like you've got one guy that's building the company as his legacy. And then there's other, this other guy who wants to be the franchise player, like carrying right. the world title as his legacy. And they both have this like legacy thing in mind, but they're both focused on their own too. Which that is makes sense. perfect because it makes sense for both of those people because, I mean, a lot of people will give Billy Corgan crap for his ego, and I, I, I'm guilty of that as well, but the man has, he made one of the best pop rock songs of the 1990s. Right. And has written numerous other amazing definitive songs. So, I mean, I get it. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Billy Corgan, but both of those guys have egos. Like it yeah. makes perfect sense to put those two together, and and that's all I mean when I want when I said I wanted you know Corgan to really you know come into that character. Like I wanted him to like kind of come at all this. Yeah. I mean I'm not, I'm not I'm not expecting him to get in a ring with him or anything like that, but I just want to have that kind of friction there. You can almost see the seeds of if they wanted to go the route of like an Austin McMahon kind of right deal. exactly. Like there's there's a little place for it here. 
I, I don't think that's their immediate goal, but it, it's definitely there that they both well, he could, you are know, on their path. Well, he could drive a microbrew truck into the into the building and, and spray well, cork with the hose. He should have <laughs> taken the ice cream truck and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and driven it. I, I would have I liked that. I mean, just... And again, the, these are, are really minor criticisms. Like, the, the criticisms I have are not really indicative of how I feel about the NWA, but... With anything that – and Gary uh, is right there with me. With anything that I love, I will also pick it apart. Yeah. Even I if I love all it. The time. And and if you if you, if you you pop onto the Second Shot at Film Society Discord, you will hear us do that all the time. It's true. I, I mean, I mean, even with wrestling. We have both picked apart the uh, the WWE. I pick apart the WWE. But whenever we sit down and watch it, we're both entertained. I want to be entertained. I want to buy in. It's the yeah. thing is, it's like sometimes it just feels like they're spitting in your face with some of the – right dumbness of the product you you pick it's it almost like they because, bought into the criticism from 15 years ago yeah you want to enjoy it it's just it's hard with wrestling sometimes like you the thing with wwe always for me is is that it feels like they're sometimes embarrassed to be what they are right and that's what's so exciting about things like AEW and the nwa and i know i keep bringing up these three companies but really they're the only three companies in the game right now right but what's so refreshing about the nwa is is that is absent. There is pure excitement and love coming from this product, and that is what's so cool about the NWA. I have problems with some of the um, production value and how some things feel a little cheap and how some of the characters need to be brought out a little bit more. Those are minor criticisms. The product they're making is something that if you are a wrestling fan, you will absolutely love this because it is made with pure love and dedication to the legacy of not just the NWA, but, but professional wrestling itself. Agreed. Agreed. Um, in fact, the very next video that we've got is uh, David Lagana hitting us with back-to-back 10 pounds of gold. So we've got 10 pounds of gold number 14. It's called the Crusade Home. Miles shakes his head every time we hear Crusade. If you, is- if you heard me last week, you know my reasoning about this. I mean... It's every time I got one of these 10 pounds of gold videos, I had to hear the exact same pitch for the all this crusade. Again, you heard me talk well about it, but now I'm going to bitch about it because I had to hear the same damn all this crusade pitch like seven times out of these like 28 videos. Yeah. The word crusade is repeated quite a bit. I did notice watching through them this time. Um, yeah. I, it wasn't just me complaining, but it leads up to a really cool match. It, it does. And probably one of my favorite matches of the stuff I watched. Agreed. This one uh, shows some clips of uh, Aldous walking into some different arenas, like including a really badass arena with like the Hulk on the wall. And Isn't stuff. that the but one he he um, fought against? Um, David Starr. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually going to come up. You're right. But that, that is a dope arena. Because, all right, so you have the arena in the center, but you have these gigantic, almost like canvas-like, I, I guess it would be like... Uh, paintings yeah on the walls and it's these 60s like like kirby and stan lee style uh depictions of the thor and the hulk and it's just, it's a really cool atmosphere because it makes it fun yeah yeah you know? it seems like a lot of fun a lot of that is is against um some footage of nick aldis walking around his old home king's lynn where the king's that lynn i liked from. like yeah. i think the only reason i was giving it grief is because i, I again kept hearing the oldest crusade but seeing him like in his hometown and stuff and hearing, like, oh, this is where I came up. This is my first match. It's a six-man tag team match. That stuff was cool. I wanted more of that kind of stuff. Another cool thing that you might not have picked up on or that some wrestling fans might not have is that he talks a lot about the Knight family or he mentions yeah. them. Yeah, he uh, does. That is Paige's family. That's uh, Yeah. And so the, the stars of that fighting with my family movie that came out, he was trained by Paige's parents. Which and, is, I mean, awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean... And again, it's one of those, like, the world's really small. You get all these cool connections. But, like, that's the kind of stuff I love. Like, I wanted more of that. I, I don't need to hear him pitching the Aldous Crusade again and again and again. And I get you told me that it was, it's been a few weeks apart. But, like, I liked almost like this mini documentary of where Aldous came from. Because, again, as someone who did not know him, getting that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. I always say this. I, I think I've said this on like every episode so far that it's so cool just to see. I mean, if you give these guys like five freaking minutes to just tell you who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. And again, I agree. Like give them the moment to for them to shine. I don't need their sales pitch. I want to hear them. Yeah, it just feels like even again, 
you know, modern day wrestling and bigger companies like seems to forget that sometimes there's just like, who are these people? Why are they here? Everybody's got their own backstory, you know, let yeah. the people hear it and then decide who they're for and against. And then, and it's weird who, who, who they choose to let that story come through. Like with Paige, we knew she came from wrestling family. And when she was brought up and, uh, or sorry, when she was, you know, announced her retirement from, from in-ring activity because of her uh, health, when she was announced as a manager, it was a very emotional moment because we knew like The Rock, she came from a wrestling family, and she had fought so hard to get this. It was very emotional. It worked. Right. While I do love characters like Josephus and, you know, The Undertaker and stuff like that, like, if you're going to come at me from kind of a, a normal person aspect, give me that story. And that's one cool thing that they did bring into that with with, uh, with Aldis. I keep wanting to say Jason Aldean. Um, <laughs> it's not Jason Aldean. I know. I don't, I do not know why that keeps happening. <laughs> Uh, but when, when that happened with Nick Aldis, I was that that specific video. I was like, okay, you're no longer a character to me. You're a person. Yeah, and I am r- actively rooting for you. Well, and and I feel like that could even work with with a guy like Josephus, like you were saying uh, in the previous oh, episode. 100%. I mean, he's still like he's a zealot. He has this. At least you know something. But it, it, it's like I said, you you either have to come at me as you know a genuine person or a good character. There's no uh, to me. There's no other way in wrestling. You have two options. You're a cool character or you're a genuine person. I don't think anyone's not been one of the two. Yeah, it just feels like a lot of times you can watch wrestling now where the people are just on screen. Okay, and then it's just like for example, make them fight each other. And for example, we shat on Roman Reigns for years. Then he gets leukemia and comes back, and we're like, it's the same thing now because now he's a person to you. Yeah, you know he's had a struggle. You know, because the thing about Roman Reigns was one the WWE forced him upon everyone and he had no real charisma on the mic right but he gets sick and we hear all these great stories about oh shit he's a really good person like you're hearing all yeah. these backstage stories and then he makes his comeback all of a sudden he's a real person with a real struggle back to championship and you're excited about that i mean you know it's unfortunate for him that he's going oh through yeah what no he's I'm, through, I'm not but... trying to simplify what happened to him but like in in wrestling you were either a great character or a interesting person yeah yeah i agree and and it just feels like every single character that exists in wrestling could have like if you just will give them like a five five, minutes of your time five minutes of your time like let's just show people who these people are that will go so much further than that five minutes like in the long run of giving people a reason to invest in someone which i think was why it surprises me not to shit on uh james ellsworth but to me, he's neither of those things. He's he's a, he's a guy who was there, and that's fine. But you know, he tried to pitch that that average Joe, but I just didn't really, I didn't feel it, you know, because I I, I knew his stuff from the WE, so I knew that was kind of BS. And while it was entertaining, and that's a key thing, it was entertaining. I didn't care. And I think uh, if the NWA continues to use him, they need to find other avenues to use him. Don't come at me with the average Joe thing when I know that's not who you are. Right. You know? Next up, it just shows Fox 46, Good Day Charlotte. It's uh, Nick Alda showing up. That was great. News. It was a cool interview. I was driven a little nuts by the fact that that dude could Kept saying the... the, uh, the um, NAA. NAA, yeah. Like, he just could he not... He could not get it, but he corrected himself. So, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. We mentioned it earlier this episode. We had mentioned it last episode about uh, Nick Aldis feeling like a champion and being the face of the NWA. He's a great spokesperson because he interviews well. Yeah, he, when you when you walked in and saw that clip, you were just like, "This guy looks like." Yeah, he, he, I could see why they picked him as the face. He's well. He he interviews very well. He dresses nice. He's a good looking dude. He's also physically imposing. He answers questions honestly and in an interesting manner. He's a good interview, and especially for a you know a puff piece on a a morning news show like that, perfect. That's the kind of thing you need, and that's. That's a great thing about Nick Aldis, and I think that's why they've kind of kept him on that razor's edge between heel and babyface, because they know they can get him to do that kind of stuff. And you can't have a heel, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a heel give an honest interview while they're being a heel. Again, I think it comes easy for him because he is legit. Yeah. Like, I think he's he's. I, I agree. exactly he, who he seems like. He he does kind of exude a little bit of that cockiness, but also I mean, the guy has definitely worked hard. You yeah. know, he's conditioned himself and he clearly loves it. That's the thing is like, yeah, to be in the WWE, you have to love it. 
to a degree, but also there's the fame and everything else. To be in some of like the NWA and AEW, like you have to love wrestling. Like you have right. to you have to live, breathe, and shit wrestling. <laughs> and it's clear that Nick Aldis does. And that's what makes him such a good candidate for being a champion, is this guy lives it. I think that's the, I mean, like I said earlier, that's that's why they haven't made him a full heel or a baby face, because they can put him on either way and people are gonna come see him. That's a really good point. I mean, depending on what options pop up for a challenger to the world championship, Aldis can fit easily in the slot wherever he needs to, to yeah. compete with that person and make the most compelling story. 100% agree with that. So the next video that comes up is Josephus uh, makes a threat to the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. Uh, this is Josephus basically just so great. You see, Mr. Aldis says he's out on a crusade. He's flown to another continent for a crusade, but everyone knows that he's just ducking and dodging me. So I have a good mind to do what my spiritual advisor recommends, is to just show up to the Nick Aldis crusade and claim what she calls my destiny. Mr. Aldis, I'll defeat you fair and square for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, and I'll bring greatness and glory back to it. I also love this is the first time that I have seen Josephus since his party. So I guess there was no ramifications for Josephus trying to, like, you know, hit on his spiritual advisor in that story. She's not with him. He he does he does mention that she's... she But she pops up later, I think. Yeah, she's just not with him, I think, in this... Video, video, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, because yeah, because he does mention she's not with me right now. So I was like, okay, but I know she loves me. Yeah, so I was like, well, maybe he's like in timeout or something. But like, it's <laughs> it doesn't again because like, I only watched specific videos. It's not fully communicated that there's any, and I, I don't think they really gave a shit that there was any ramifications of that. But I feel like if you're going to make that party video, you probably should have that. But yeah, he goes on and on about how the spiritual virus says it's his destiny to get the ten pounds of gold. And that if Nick Aldis won't come face him, he's going to come find Nick Aldis. That's correct. Josephus could show up anywhere at any Which time. Which was so well delivered. I don't, I don't know his actual name, but the the uh, the wrestler that's Josephus is such a fantastic character actor in delivering those lines. I agree. I agree. And uh, he seems to he seems to be pulling from a lot of different inspirations. Uh, he has a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for reference that he's pulling from in like movies and yeah, that sort of thing. It seems like he he's very good at what he does. The next thing you see is Josephus actually, if I'm not mistaken, in a ten uh, in a championship wrestling from Hollywood matchup. He talks to the announcer a little bit previously again about Aldis trying to dodge him, but he goes into a matchup with Jay Kern, who is a very tiny man, yeah, and uh, completely destroys him. Yeah, it, you can tell this was a gimme kind of match that was like, you know, we're gonna show Josephus being the giant, we're gonna show him being the bad guy, and yeah. and they do a good job, and they have a great post match moment with the announcer where he kind of comes back to him and like kind of bullies him into saying like you know the future NWA champion right right yeah it's it that i love that kind of stuff there's good commentary they call him like a violet savant yeah <laughs> like it's fun it's it's not a, an amazing uh match in terms of equal prowess but it's an entertaining match because it it builds the character of Josephus up enough to make you forget about the ass beating he took from tim storm for 15 minutes yeah here's a man who is a threat to the right. world champion if he shows up and it's fun because they're building that character back up and, and they're kind of hammering in on on this like zealot and i was like all right this is cool I, I'm, I'm i'm into this yeah exactly uh which is which will come up eventually but uh the next video is another 10 pounds of gold we're looking at number uh 15 and this is friend or foe anthony mayweather aka crimson uh, this was from fun. Impact is uh, yeah. offering a challenge on the Aldis Crusade. I know you're getting tired of me saying Aldis Crusade. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Because this one I liked because it gave me a different origin. Um, I chose to go to the Army because I wanted to make something of myself. And quite frankly, in my hometown, the only other thing going on was, was drugs and partying. Spent five years with the 101st Airborne Division, served two tours in Iraq. I would say the best life lesson I got out of the Army was to be prepared for anything. 
adapt and overcome. And on that second tour of Iraq, I realized, look, I love what I do. I love defending our country and I love having a purpose. I wanted to pursue dreams. I wanted to follow dreams at this point in my life. I love pro wrestling. Yeah, this was uh, immediately jumps right into the story of Crimson. He's, I mean, he's a veteran. He was in the U.S. Army. He and Nick Aldis were friends. Like, he, he gives you a little backstory on being an impact and, like, the first time he met Aldis, thinking he was cocky. Later, realizing he was an honest dude and he just was who he was and he wasn't. And trying. so here is where I feel like they could not make Aldis go full heel. At first, he's like, he burnt out. And I'm like, okay, here it comes. Here comes the big thing. And then it's like, yeah, he was my buddy. And da, 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 and kind of giving this like fair criticism of Crimson. And I was like, that's not what I expected at all. You oh, know, yeah. I, and I think part of it was, you know, Crimson's a veteran. Crimson's a, you know, a family man. You can't really go to that kind of person, especially in a smaller kind of thing like NWA and expect those ramifications not to stick. So I feel like they were a little weary of of having a, a real rivalry between the two. And it felt like more of a sibling rivalry. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, he's my brother. I love him. But, you know, if I got to, I'm going to take him out. And it, I didn't feel the stakes because of it. I loved the buildup. I was like, oh, cool. He, you know, this is a guy that, that had it for a second and lost it. But he's friends with Nick Aldis. But they, they didn't. They didn't go full on into the rivalry. There wasn't the fire there. Yeah. And you haven't gotten to this yet, but uh, to watching this back for me, it was a little bit of a precursor to how things are going to go with Marty Skrull uh, and the more recent things that have happened. But uh, I see what you're saying. They don't, uh, he doesn't want to go complete heel and just crap on Crimson and his legacy right. or anything, but he's. Yeah, there's there's definitely a story about Crimson comes into impact and very early on he's pushed to the top and yeah. and they're saying he gets all these opportunities. Nick is a guy that gets brought in and has to kind of work his way up. Crimson, you know, as Nick put it, burns out of right. that opportunity and and I mean, I guess cuz I'm not used to someone who's like, yeah, he burnt out. But, you know, he's a good player, you know. It's weird hearing kind of a more mild-mannered interaction. Yeah. And and not that they can't do that. Like, but it did it did kind of deflate some of the hype for the fight between those two for me personally yeah. because I feel like they were trying to be like, "Oh, you have these two people who were friends and now they're coming together to fight for the NWA 10 pounds of gold." Like, this is the fight that you are supposed to be into. And I just wasn't quite there because the fire wasn't there. You know, yeah, like I said before. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's not bad. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Just for me, from from what I watched, that se- that felt absent to me. Like maybe you wanted to see Crimson I, I can, want that title a little more. Yeah, I want to see him want it more. And and I, I felt like... He wanted to get a better picture of Nick Aldis thinking there's not really a chance. Yeah, and Nick Aldis needed it. to take the, 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 the avenue of like, nah, son. Like, yeah. not like, oh yeah, he's my buddy. I love him. Yeah, he burnt out, but uh, you know, it is what it is. It, it just felt very middle of the road, and I, I get they need Nick Aldis to be that because of who he is to the NWA right now or at that at that moment. But it did deflate their match for me a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I will say I think that they were cognizant of that because there is the moment in there where Crimson talks about like having these opportunities, and the wrestling world can be very cyclical. And he mentions that outside influences were yeah, a factor, which but, we don't get any context of. Sure, but but the point I'm getting at is that he also talks about that his opportunities left. Aldis got his opportunities, and he ran with it. And now he's the NWA World's Champion, and here he is. And Crimson sees that and says, well, like, okay, well, now maybe this is my chance to come up. And then it shows Aldis sitting there, and he's like, yeah, you're telling me he's saying my opportunities went the way of the Buffalo, you know, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. filling in words, but he says, and now he sees me with the title. And so this makes him feel like, and he, and he kind of is like, makes him feel like what? Like now I'm going to be the world champion. Well, that's not the way this works. Right. He does say that, you know, like and, that, and like I say, not- what they did wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just saying why it doesn't fully land for me. I'm not necessarily criticizing like they did it wrong. 
Right. I'm just saying this is why it, it falls a little flat for me. No, that makes perfect sense. That's what we're here for, to talk about these things. And so uh, I will say, uh, and, and to also focus in on one of your other criticisms, I did at one point count that they said the word crusade five times in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I think Aldous Crusade is a great motto. It's a great tag. Oh, I was all in on it. Like I said last episode, I had the t-shirt. I was I was, I was, was there. I was Tweeting about it. It's it's just like like five or six of the videos or seven of the videos I had were specifically just about the Elder Crusade as if I hadn't heard of it before, and right. I, that's why I was like, all right, well, here we go. That makes <laughs> sense. I, I'm not. I have nothing against the Elder Crusade in particular. Right. Uh, the next video is another match on the Aldous Crusade. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Nick I'm never going to hear the end of this. Is <laughs> Nick Aldous versus Harlem Bravado? And did we? Did we? We missed a match, didn't we? Oh, we did miss David Starr. Yeah, which is a great match. That was a super fun match. Where was that? That was when he went to England, and the Aldous Crusade goes to England. That's but right. that's a really cool match, and and David Starr is a really good personality. Yeah, I uh, I apologize. I I did skip right over that. Uh, I was thinking we had, it had hit it because we were talking about that ten pounds of gold in England. But yeah, David Starr versus Nick Aldis. One of my favorite matches that I watched, honestly. I was going to say, up until this point, and I remember at the time even commenting on social media and everything, it is by far the best match I had seen in in the NWA series so far. I I, I loved it. I was actively involved. And the thing was, I didn't know a ton about David Starr at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I knew nothing about who David but Starr was. But after that match, I was like, shit, I want to. Yeah, like he was super fun. He was engaging. It was a good match. Like both Aldis and Star were fantastic and frenetic, and they gave a ton of energy. I was genuinely impressed with that match. There is something about David Star that has a legit charisma that I think we're not going to see the end of him. And I'm not even talking like a person who's seen the future of the NWA. I just mean in general. I think David yeah, Star will pop up. Yeah somewhere else he'll he'll be whether it be aew wwe nwa he, he, ring he is, of honor wherever and he'll he's got up. he's got the stones to be a character too because man does he have that flair like you, you, you follow him on social media and stuff he he definitely has an attitude about him and he's he's he carries like his jewish heritage and like there's a well he brings it into his character which is great yeah. and and that's what's so cool about him is he is he he puts on a character, you know, he, yeah. he brings up the bravado and it honestly, it made for a good match for Nick Aldis because you had someone who wasn't just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get the, you know, the 10 pounds. This guy was like, no, nah, I'm all in. He was ready to go to pound town. You know, I don't know that that's what you call it. it it's, it's not, I just want to say pound town to be honest, okay. all but right. no, but like he was super, super pound town just feels like something else. Like yeah. It, it, it is. You take somewhere, someone else. It, 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 you'll find out later. Um, <laughs> But no, like the, the that match, I think was not only entertaining, but it also showed there is good wrestling everywhere. Because I hadn't seen them like we saw them go to China, but we didn't. He was not like he fought like a Chinese wrestler, you know. Yeah, we didn't get to see the worldwide aspect of it. And I know it's the National Wrestling Alliance, right? But getting to see some of the global talent that's involved was amazing. That's a good point, um, actually, because even in this, uh, and again, I apologies to anybody listening who's a big David Starr fan, because I did not mean to skip that, because that match legitimately is one of my favorites. It, it's, of it was definitely my favorite thing that I watched, I think, outside the Josephus videos, because that I love this match. I want to see more of David Starr. I'd, I'd love for the NWA to work with him again. But uh, Harlem Bravado is up next, and... And even he is from like North Carolina, he says. Yeah. So, and this is Which is like right up the road from us, you know? Yeah. This is in England. Nick Aldis is the hometown hero, but he's still fighting a dude from North Carolina. So that is kind of funny. You mentioned how you're not seeing the world aspect of it. Even in China, he's gonna be facing Colt Cabana. It is kind of weird how that works. But um Harlem Bravado he does a good job. Like he has a, a very like uh heelish attitude. He uh puts on this thing about, you know, he's gonna bring it back to america brit's got the nwa title that whole thing yeah so and 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 it was fine honestly in this political climate it was the weird thing to do but he felt like he was full of hot air there was there was exciting things that happened that match but they all kind of fall flat he's about to do something really cool and then he gets taken out and they, he's about to do something really cool and he gets taken out 
I got to say, I mean, the, the other thing that really bothers me about it, and maybe it shouldn't, is that they, even the announcers seem unaware of what they're, I mean, they're not bad announcers. I'm not, I'm not trying to no, crap the, on they're, them. But, they're not bad announcers, but you, cause you have the one who's, and, and, and the WWE does this too. You have the one that's kind of pro all this and the ones like, no, that's, that's the Texas move. And yeah, and, well, that's where I was going to go with it. They're, they're throwing all this locks in the Kingsland Cloverleaf. And I know that move, like, uh, I think Fred and I even had the conversation like Dean Malenko back in the day used it. it right. The Texas Cloverleaf. But we've established like through all of this time leading up to then, Aldis's finisher is the King's Lynn Cloverleaf. He does that move. So, right. And so he throws it on Harlem Bravado and wins the match with it. But they're talking about it being like, what's that move called? Well, it's the Texas Cloverleaf. And yeah, where's that move from? America, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, dude. I felt like well, that was kind of That, that conversation is interrupted by him doing the Kings and Cloverleaf. And he even says, oh, never mind. But but that I, I, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to do that same thing that they do on Raw and SmackDown. Because anytime Carmella pops up, you have the one dude that's fucking standing for her hardcore. Yeah. Like, Mella's money, Mella's money, I love Carmella. I was like, all right, dude, like, we get it, you want to bang Carmella. But, like, he's he's always in her corner. And yeah. you have the other announcers who are like, what are you talking about? Like, that, I think that's what they're trying to replicate. Yeah, maybe that's true. And I just, it just, it felt weird because the way they were doing it to me. Yeah, I just felt like it kind of showed this disconnect between these guys and what the NWA has been doing. And it kind of stinks like, you know, that I mean, I guess you can't expect everybody to know everything. And, and this is probably put on by some other company. Like right. This, uh, and, and honestly, bringing up uh, Carmella actually has uh, me asking another question. Are, are there women in the NWA? Yes. There will I, be women in the NWA. Okay, because I hadn't seen any. So I, I was almost I kind of disappointed because one of the best things that they've been doing the last I was say 10 years in WWE is, you know, improving the the women's wrestling. And I was kind of disappointed not to see any women in what I saw. Yeah, where we're at right now, for, for those folks that haven't been keeping up where the current product is, this is early on and it's really trying to seal the deal and establish that 10 pounds of gold. And they're really trying to focus in on Nick Aldis carrying that belt and the the legacy behind it. Right. So this is going to lead up into probably another couple of months. And then it really kind of peaks at all in, which a lot of people know that Just last that show. September. Yeah, I think that's right. And so at that point, the NWA is really feels on the map. And from there, they've started expanding. Okay. So you're going to see other titles start to show up and other, mainstays in that's cool the program because that yeah that was one thing that kind of um did bu- bu- bum me out because I, i've always loved like the women in wrestling and uh I, would, I kept looking for for people and i and i know i had read like coming in i did i know i didn't do a lot of research coming in on purpose right but i did i did look to see if there were there were women i, I did see women so I, that's why i wanted to ask you is like you know where, where are they yeah so they come up uh last year around september ish yeah, that's that's probably about right. And okay. So I think even there was a. I think I showed you a post the other day that they used the hashtag "This is the NWA," and I was kind of giving a little. Yeah. Like, oh, what's going on? But that was all a post of a woman. Okay. Uh, wrestler, and so because I I I showed you before, like I got into this thing uh, Eve, which is like the Riot Girls of wrestling, which is like this feminist punk version of Glow, which is really really cool. Yeah. And um, that's why I was like, I was like. It, it, is there anything with this in, in the NWA? So that, that's that's good to know that, that that pushes forward. They will show up at at the current moment. Just to throw it out there, there is Nick Aldis. Or sorry, I don't even spoil that. There is a world's heavyweight champion. There's a national champion, which is kind of like their intercontinental championship. The only thing uh, that's been spoiled with me is David Arquette pops up, and I think like cuts Josephus's hair or something. Uh, yeah, that that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, these if you if you. Don't follow like I haven't yet. Those are weird things to just say. <laughs> They're random. <laughs> like it's not that they go to a barber. <laughs> random weirdness coming up in the NWA, which I am, I am excited about. Like this these is- things start popping up as the NWA starts having their own events. Yeah, and so and as someone who had not watched the NWA, like despite having criticisms and having you know obviously some quirks and stuff i am very very excited about the future of the nwa i fully agree with billy corgan that 
a, a second golden age of wrestling is upon us, and I think that the the goal uh, the golden age of wrestling can become that wild west again and bring really really great stuff for the fans. Like I think like, the, the the future for the fans in wrestling is going to be very very exciting in the next couple of years. I agree, and so my hope is is that these YouTube rewatches will catch us up with the modern product, and then I can have folks like you come on and we could be talking about more current event style stuff with the NWA and I'm down. Yeah. You can be on board with, with what they're doing as of now. So let's move on and let's go into the final video that we're going to talk about on this episode. And that is keep friends close. It's 10 pounds of gold. Number 16. If this tells you anything, it's funny to me to look back at this and this is 10 pounds of gold. Number 16. I think they just did like number 54. So wow. yeah. So they are, and all of those were in what I watched, right? <laughs> no, I just... Because uh, guess what we're talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to stay on this episode until 10 pounds of gold, number 54. <laughs> Not give you a break. The old Aldous Crusade. But they, they do kind of a clip show of, of a couple things from, from um, Nick Aldous. And then they, they, they highlight some stuff uh, between the match between Crimson. Yeah, and- they, they build a little setup. Uh, <laughs> you actually, I wrote this down just because I thought it was funny. Like, we watched this video together just to refresh ourselves coming into this. And uh, uh, it showed Crimson talking about prepping for Nick Aldis. And, you know, he's got the hometown advantage. And how could Nick Aldis prepare? And then Nick Aldis is like, I know what he's thinking, but I'm setting traps for him. And you're like, he's not freaking wily coyote. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He's like, because he's like, I'm setting traps for him. I was like, all right. He's like, I'm going to paint a <laughs> yeah, tunnel, tunnel on, the on there. <laughs> a giant bear trap. And uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a funny thing to say. I know what he's talking about in terms of wrestling, but it was just the verbiage is funny to me. Yeah, I um, agree. Um, now really, th- to me, th- this video stems on the stinger. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the match itself, it's kind of sad. You don't actually get to see the whole match. I was but- bummed because from what you told me earlier where this this is what we get from the NWA. We don't, we, there's no show. So yeah. the fact that we just get a edited clip of this match, match. that's a bummer because and, they built it up so much. Later. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a bummer. And the thing is, is like you can tell from the clips. And like Crimson's... By the way, he's he's doing his own thing. He's a he's an entrepreneur. Like he is. I mean, this is. It from, honestly looked like a solid match from from the clips that we got. It looked like a decent match. It, I would probably it, still it, put the David Star David Star match above it, but it looked good. No, it looked like you could watch this and see these guys were on a different level. These are guys who have been professional, professional. And right? I, 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 that sounds so backhanded to everyone else, but they but have been they have been in the upper echelons. Stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and it shows this show. This is at Tried and True Pro Wrestling, which is Crimson's actual company that he started in Tennessee, I believe. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, you see like Jeff Jarrett's there and there's like different stuff going on. But I mean, they do a, a really intense match. It looks like, I mean, Nick Aldis gets him in the Kingsland Cloverleaf. And the first time you see somebody fight out of that is Crimson. And then it ends with... Uh, Aldis fakes an injury, like collapses, and he's down, and nobody can, nobody can tell what's going on. So Crimson tries to pick him up against the turnbuckle. Aldis reverses it into a uh, pin and gets the win over Crimson. Crimson's kind of pissed at the end, yeah, because he's like, "Oh man, but, I was worried about you." But that's you- a that's a high stakes emotional thing that that builds a story, and this is one thing that the NWA does well, and I think does poorly because. All right, so the setup that you gave me before of them being kind of um, lukewarm about the, the match, this ups that stakes because this makes uh, Crimson a lot more angry at Nick Aldis and, you know, friendship be damned because then we get our old buddy uh, Josephus. He, he does his little sneaks McGee, steals that, <laughs> that 10 pounds of gold, which is great. I was, when I watched that video, I was really hoping he would just run off with it. It was funny the way he just took it. He had like a look like, at his eye. Yoink. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and this is actually the first, like the most heelish we get to see out of Nick Aldis too, because Crimson's kind of like arguing with him, like, oh, come on, man. You know, you screwed right. me over here. Like, I was concerned about you, and you turned it into a pin. Nick Aldis finally looks like he's a little fed up, like smacks him in the face with the belt, knocks out Crimson. The belt's laying over in the corner. Nick Aldis is dragging him in to slap the Kingsling Cloverleaf back on him, a, an unconscious Crimson. So Nick Aldis is looking real heelish at this right. point. And, but then uh, here, comes, here comes, you know, Josephus in his robe. Yeah, steals the belt, 
decides not to leave with it, comes back in the ring. Yeah, and you think, oh, he's going to he's gonna either whack Nick uh, Aldis with it or do something. And then he just gives it to him. Yeah. And I, and, and I remember that happened. I was like, what is going on? And so Nick Aldis, you see him leave the stage and then look back kind of disconcerted, which was a really good uh, move on the, on whoever was directing that, that scene. I agree. I think this is interesting because it starts to feel like a lot of different ways to go yeah. here but then you see but 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 first too also nick aldis dodges that little girl who's reaching out oh gosh yeah the- so all these kids are like reaching out for high fives but there's one girl who's just like waving her hand and nick aldis like literally moves his hand like he was like you know brushing his hair back yeah or something not like, gonna not gonna slap hands with this I, little girl so i get staying in character right. for a match but like when you got little kids popping out there fucking shake their hand <laughs> like it ain't hard it's gonna make that kid's day yeah well he's he's being a heel man he's yeah saying. well uh that kid's gonna grow up and beat the hell out of him in a future match in 2025 <laughs> i'm um, sure he's waiting for that paycheck so <laughs> so but then you know camera comes back to the ring crimson's still on the ground josephus is standing above him with his arm extended yeah, in I allegiance. Believe, believe he did the uh, oh, rise, yeah. <laughs> Lord, Vader. Lord Vader, rise. <laughs> and because I mean, that's the face he's giving. He's just looking at him, and you know what's about to happen. And that's the kind of shit I want. Yeah, like this is exactly what I was talking about last episode about characters and stakes. And and I have to give the NWA credit because while I was just criticizing him about the lukewarm stuff between Aldis and Chris Crimson. This makes it engaging. This makes it dramatic. This makes it fun. This is exactly what I have been missing in the WWE is this kind of storytelling. Yeah. And and what's even better about it is, is you kind of hinted at this, is that now you've got, all right, there's Josephus, there's Crimson, there's Nick Aldis, there's like a trio of things going on. And then our stinger is, is like, oh yeah, by the way, don't forget. For Nick Aldis, these challenges and situations continue to escalate. And waiting in the wings for the NWA World's Champion. A hardcore future. I'm Tommy Dreamer. I love it because it's like, and again, this 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 shows how much one that the NWA, Billy Corgan, and the people directing this respect their audience because they know that their fans are hardcore wrestling fans. They expect you to know who Tommy Dreamer is. And if you don't, he says his name. We're in the internet age. Wikipedia is there. No problem. But they're like, there's no, there's no video right afterwards. It's just, Hey, I'm Tommy Dreamer. And as a wrestling fan, you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. No, you know? I agree because you're just like, you're, you've forgotten about him. Yeah. That match was like, Billy Corgan's already said that's happening. And that was brilliant. They, they said that like, what it was, uh, in, in, in video terms, probably a month. Yeah. Beforehand, two exactly. months. Exactly, yeah. That, was, that, that's great because yeah. he said it, the seeds are there, but you forgot. So when they when they bring it out, he's like, I'm still here. Too. I'm still here. I, I love it. I, like I said, I I am a massive fan of what Billy Corgan has done with the NWA. Even with this, this small sliver of videos that I watched, I am so impressed despite some of the problems I have. Like, this is, this is fantastic. Good, good, man. I'm glad to hear that you're liking it. And, uh, it's only, I can say this with certainty, it only gets better and better. I feel like recently it's peaked as high as it ever has, and I'm digging this stuff, watching through it again, but it just keeps getting better. They haven't had a... The biggest lulls that they have, I think, are like when you're trying to binge it like this, that there's some stuff that, like you mentioned, feels repetitive. Right. And really, in reality, it's like they're... Stretching this out. That over happens months. with binging wrestling in general, I have found. Yeah. Like, you have to be in the mood for an afternoon, just watch a block of it, and then take a break for a little bit. And then pick another period, watch a block or a video or two. Because I, I did this when I, when I used to have the WWE network, is I would I would go back and watch other stuff. And I'm like, after a certain amount of time, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done yeah. for a little bit. I'm a little burnt out. But what they're doing is fantastic. And I. I can't wait to watch more of it. I can't wait to come back and nerd out about wrestling with you because this is a damn fun show. This is a damn fun program. 
and the NWA is doing some fantastic things. That's awesome to hear, Miles. I'm glad you were here, and I'm glad you're excited about it. We're definitely going to have you back. I was giving you a little preview of some of my goals that are definitely going to have you back here pretty soon. I'm not sure yet who's going to be on next week. I was going to announce that, but I've talked to several people. And so we will have a brand new guest next time. Uh, talking about it's me isn't it (laughs) what will be playlist number five no you and fred have managed to stretch out your time plenty (laughs) it was only supposed to be like one like hour-long block of episode and you guys have both stretched it out that i had to make two episodes out of both of you and so that's how we roll so so what you're saying is the next four episodes are gonna be you me and fred yeah that that will be like be your nightmare one nwa (laughs) video that never ends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, oh, but thank you so much for having me on. No, no, man. Thank you for coming on and talking about it. Uh, Miles, tell everybody where you can be found. Uh, you can find me at um, themoreyournerd.com, Twitter slash themoreyournerd, and themoreyournerd at Facebook, as well as Cosmic Crit at themoreyournerd. Uh, sorry, Cosmic Crit at Facebook, Twitter, CosmicCrit.com. Uh, those are both the podcasts that I, I am currently on. Perfect. And uh, as always, I am at Rock and Roll. Gary, all spelled out. And the show is at the NWA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook.com slash the NWA Pod. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope to see you again next week for playlist number five for This is the NWA. Bye bye.